0: When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't say going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh,
1: it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle.
0: Hello everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish.
1: The podcast that's much ado about nothing. <laughs>
0: boy howdy yeah it just everywhere all the (laughs) time
1: everywhere all the time
0: (laughs) i'm mike johnson
1: i'm kyle getz
0: and we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality and today
1: today we're talking about queer spaces
0: speaking of nothing uh yeah we're gonna talk about (laughs) queer spaces uh this episode this episode is sponsored by spaces
1: (laughs) spaces the app that's so excited to be uh, in very close proximity to the word Nutton, A whole yep. bunch. Yep. Um, that's their tagline. We love nuttin'. Um, You probably know their sponsor. Uh, they're sponsoring us. They're awesome. And we'll tell you more about them later in the episode.
0: Yep. But first. But first. Hey, if you're listening to this on Wednesday because you're in Patreon or Thursday because you're a normal human, uh, we're having a happy hour tonight, this evening, right now. Go do it. Uh, Yeah, 6pm pacific time tonight we are doing a happy hour pride and you should come and join us grab a cocktail or your favorite non-alcoholic beverage and let's let's hang out it's gonna be great
1: yeah yeah so go to facebook it is there the event details there you don't have to be in patreon you don't have to do anything but go to you don't even have to be a member of facebook i don't think you could just go to our event and it's on our page so find it there or in our group and anyone and everyone should join
0: you don't even have to put pants on if you don't want to
1: but but be careful (laughs)
0: just don't stand up
1: (laughs) do you want to do the news let's do the news shut your mouth hole it's time for your ear holes news 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 shut your mouth hole it's time for your fuck hole
0: well (laughs) now news the first so this is a local news story kyle
1: Ooh.
0: yeah so seattle pacific university's interim president pete minharis is part of the leadership and board of trustees that reaffirmed this year that they will not hire gay people it is a
1: it's
0: a it's a religious school and uh they as a christian institution say that they require their employees to quote make behavioral and lifestyle choices consistent with moral integrity social consciousness and effective christian witness at their commencement ceremony last weekend, over 50 students walked up, grabbed their diploma from him and put a pride flag in his hand.
1: <laughs> oh, I saw, I saw that clip. I didn't know that was from a Seattle thing.
0: Yeah, that's oh, Seattle that's... Pacific University, right? Just right right here on the back of Queen Anne.
1: That's so cute.
0: Isn't that adorable? I love it. it. It
1: was a brilliant protest. It was like they're not saying anything, they're not they're not even walking out. They're getting to walk on stage and they're handing him a pride flag. It's 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 it was perfect. It's beautiful. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, It's beautiful and perfect, just like you. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I thought it was amazing. There's there's a if, just like you said, there's a video that's now gone viral and it shows a montage of all of them like walking up and putting putting the pride flag in his hand on TikTok. It was the the Associated Students of Seattle Pacific uh, was the the student group leading the ongoing student sit in protest uh, over this lifestyle expectations policy. There have been a number of issues involving personnel being uh, harassed or disciplined, and the students have had it. They're just like, fuck this. <laughs> we're, we're done. So they're doing something about it, and it's it's adorable.
1: Nice.
0: News the second? Yeah. Okay, great. News the second. So on Tuesday, the Michigan State Senate blocked a resolution just to recognize that June is Pride Month. <laughs> Which Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky, who is, drumroll please, a Republican, wanted to (laughs) remove parts of the resolution that addressed the struggles endured by the Michigan LGBTQ plus community. The resolution would have declared June as Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender and Queer Pride Month. And uh, the the Republican Senator uh, Shirky, he was he was trying to add the following language to the bill, quote, though, not every citizen in Michigan agrees with the lifestyle of the LGBT community. It is agreed that every life is special, precious, unique and loved by the creator and that each person is created in God's image. He got in a fight with Democrat Senator Jeremy Moss, who is the first out gay person in the Senate who was not having it. Yeah, yeah were- like
1: proving why we need Pride Month by your response to Pride Month. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then the it's... last story, you talked about a Christian school that presumably believes that Christian institutions should be able to do whatever they want and do whatever hateful policies because separation of church and state. But then when it comes to actually separating church and state, he literally tried to add in God to the state thing. You can't have your God and eat him, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love those Jesus cookies I gave out during communion. <laughs> uh, so, so the thing is, I, I think that there's real evidence to suggest that the right, in, at least in this country is intentionally keeping people stupid because that's <laughs> the only way that they can continue to wield power. Right? Like there's such blatant double standards in so many of what they say are their fundamental principles that I, it just, it, it just blows me away that they can they can continue to just say these bumper sticker bullshit things and and, and have so many people just believe them. It I just I, anyway.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's every every person that's part of the Republican elected officials, but certainly Republican leadership. There is intentionality in certain things like trying to resist higher education. We're fighting against people being educated, trying it's to public,
0: public education,
1: public education, trying to resist people voting because mm-hmm. when the public votes and everyone has an equal vote, they lose like certain things they will lose if they do. And it's, if people get educated and if people vote and sure. those are big things they're trying to block.
0: Yep. Yep. Also, also the Yakima, we went to Yakima pride. I grew up in mm-hmm. Yakima county there's like it's deep deep red if yakima city council can pass a resolution saying that june is lgbt month good job yakima pride by the way that they they posted a bunch of stuff on social media about the effort to get that to happen Mm -hmm. if the city council of yakima can just admit gay people exist and this is their month like michigan michigan put your pants on because like
1: (laughs) be like everyone should in our facebook event this thursday Put your <laughs> pants on. um yeah like at this point saying june is pride month is it is happening and it's true and by resisting it you are you're actively working to show people how anti-lgbt you are Yeah, and probably doing that too because you're voter base like you think that's going to help you in the elections yep
0: oh god dickbags news the last yeah ending with a happy one happy ending yep Mabel May Blair, who is the inspiration behind the character All the Way May from the 1992 film A League of Their Own, has come out of the closet at the age of 95.
1: Damn, girl!
0: (laughs) Yeah. Get it? Um, So uh, there is a Amazon Studios series, also called A League of Their Own, that is supposed to be coming out in August. And it was making the rounds at the Tribeca Film Festival, the Tribeca Festival premiere. She went and talked on a panel because she was a member of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. And yeah, she said, quote, I hid for 75, 85 years. And this is actually basically the first time I've ever come out. And yeah, so so she's just first adorable. Um, (laughs) She pitched for the Peoria Red Wings in 1948 and then went on to play for the National Women's Softball League in Chicago during the 1950s. She has been talking for years in support of women's baseball and has appeared on national morning shows and has been honored at baseball stadiums, including Fenway Park in Boston, Wrigley Field in Chicago, Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium in Los Angeles. She also consulted on the new series, A League of Their Own, because she was fucking there and knows what <laughs> it was actually like. And um, just, yeah, welcome, welcome. it better late than never all the way, May.
1: I think uh, so many of us. Uh, And me included focus on the time we lost and Mm. what do you want today? What do you want tomorrow? Yeah. And, and to just think about that and I, what can I, what do I want from tomorrow and what time I have and going forward. And that can be one of so many choices. So I love that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Focus, focus on, focus on now, focus on tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. Also, she might have been like, I don't know she might have been e- eating pussy for fifty years. It's just that she came out right? It's not like that's true, you know, um, yeah,
1: maybe she's been maybe she's been a pitcher for longer than we've known so <laughs> <laughs> that's my new favorite thing you've ever said, I think <laughs> oh I thought it's just grasping for the obvious straws, but thank you <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, so the new show, a league of their own, was created by Broad cities. Showrunners uh, Abby Jacobson and Will Graham, oh. and apparently there are lots of queer characters in it, including a black trans character who shows up partway into the series. And it, it, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually super excited for this new show. I will probably I will probably be watching it, even though it's Amazon. <laughs> That's the news.
1: That's the news. Speaking of people we like, even though they're Patreon members. Nope, there was no good segue. Um, until
0: we will continue to like until they're ninety five. Yeah.
1: There, that's the expiration date on these following people that we, no i don't like any of these okay um thank you to ryan o'brien no no I, you can't stop no. it he's I, he's heard it all no he's mm, sighing mm. right now with how um. much uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> S- Stephen porch there's a t in there if that's important Portacha uh julie Rocha or racha or roca
0: almond roca I don't know.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: Probably, probably Rocha.
1: Yeah, Marcel Lapointe.
0: My my favorite ventriloquist.
1: <laughs> um, and Sam.
0: Just, just Sam.
1: Just Sam. Um, thank you for joining. If you want to join and support us, and also get some benefits like episodes a day early, you can go to patreoncom podcast.
0: Do it. You want to talk about Queer Spaces, Kyle?
1: Yeah. Sponsored Let's, by Spaces. Queer Spaces. Sponsored by <laughs> Spaces, comma, queer. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, I forgot to
0: say this at the top of the show. Oh. We're we're remote this week and probably next week as well because uh, Mama got the Rona. And by Mama, <laughs> I mean me. I, yeah, I have COVID, you, everybody. Not your Mama. Yeah. yeah. So... If I sound gross, that's why. And if we sound weird, it's because we're not in the same room.
1: I mean, we've done this before. We, as experienced pandemic survivors, (laughs) podcasters, yeah, 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 Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you will hear nothing out of the sorts, because I've edited out all of Mike's coughs, sneezes, and farts.
0: You're masterful at that.
1: Thank you. I had COVID and had to cut out so many of my sniffs, it was obscene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's talk about queer spaces. Sorry. Great. I'm going to start with the history of queer spaces.
1: To the surprise then, of everyone.
0: I am already... Hey, cow Oh, wait. Sorry. I shouldn't
1: say that when you got your mouth full. Hey. Oh, wait. Of coffee. <laughs> hey, Mike.
0: <laughs> I am already prepared for the full body eye roll that we're, is about to happen. Okay. We need to calibrate on what we mean by queer spaces. So... Like, sure. Great. Yeah, there it is. Um, because because there have been throughout the centuries, I mean centuries, there have been places in which, especially butt sex, have happened, and people know <laughs> about it, right? Like bathhouses. The 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 concept of a bathhouse uh, that actually goes back all the way to ancient Greece in 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 six the sixth century BC. And, and did it mean like, the
1: same thing? Was it like gay dudes butt fucking?
0: That's the thing. Like, so they were dudes and they were butt fucking and they went there to do that. But they would have they would not have used the word gay to to identify themselves. And in in the case of of public bathing spaces in ancient Greece, they were technically
1: coed
0: and like like gender neutral bathing areas. But like then basically, you know, older dudes would would fuck younger dudes and they had their whole their whole thing that we've talked about on the show a million times but
1: the the like, public spaces were for actual bathing and the men only spaces were for butt fucking
0: exactly exactly well
1: right. just like today
0: yep so does that does that count i don't know but uh it, there there there's a little bit of like calibration to do i guess there were specifically homosexual just for dudes bathhouses by the late 1400s in Florence, Italy. And we know that because the police, and, uh, well, uh, organized police is more of a modern thing, but they would monitor homosexual activity and suspect boys, that's in quotes, suspect boys at bathhouses. And we know that there were a bunch of bathhouses that got raided in Paris in the 1800s. So there's like, there's the bathhouse part, but that's really just about sex and i feel like when we talk about queer spaces like the lens that you and i are going to try to bring to this episode i think is more about the community aspect the social aspect of the space and less about just like where do you go to bang does that
1: uh, I mean, let's talk about all of it. Um, we, you know, can't retroactively define a thing as something it wasn't, which we, you know, is why you mentioned gay. We can't call it gay, but like, why was that important for them to have bathhouses? Like to me, that uh, there—that's an interesting thing. Like, wh- yeah. why is you know sex so commonly associated with gay spaces? And there's, a, you know, a very long history of that being a thing
0: yeah for the same reason that locker rooms are i think right it's the only place where society says like you know here's here here's a place that like we can't mix the genders we need everybody to be separate but like nudity is going to be part of it and it's like a bathhouse if you think about in terms of just bathing and same with locker rooms bathing and changing that's a single gendered space where it's not anymore but like conceptually single gendered space where everybody gets together and nudity is not only allowed but expected and especially in a world where there is no media there's no normalization of a gay identity that's like the only place to be right like it's sort of the same with restrooms actually like all of the cruising and all of the the the, the busting of of gay people that happened in in public restrooms it's it's a really it's sort of similar thing where like having your dick out is at least nominally okay there
1: Now, where can I go to expect to find only dudes?
0: Right. Yes, exactly. And and so much of that is because any other activity it was tacitly not okay to do as a a group of dudes, which is really funny because then you look at like Victorian times and all these social clubs pop up that are definitely also single gender. But those turn out it turns out are queer AF also in, Hmm. in, in a lot of in a lot of instances. Sorry, I also have maybe a little bit of COVID brain because, like, making sentences and word mouth things is hard.
1: So happy to be recording a podcast right. <laughs> today for you all. <laughs>
0: Moving forward a little bit from, like, ancient history to just sort of old history, <laughs> I, I, I want to talk to you about... Well, first, hey Kyle. Hey Mike. What do you think of when I say the word molly? Drugs. Yep, that's what that word has turned into. However... In 18th and 19th century Britain, Molly meant a homosexual. Oh. And oh, they, did that
1: did that evolve into dr- like is that our strong connection with the with the drug that it became us and drugs and ugh.
0: I don't know how it became the drug name, but um the, the word Molly is a pet form of the name Mary? Oh. So like Michael is to Mike, Mary is to Molly. Which it's not shorter. I don't know why that happened, <laughs> but it had two main connotations in 18th century English. One was the word "mall" that meant a lower class girl or woman. Sometimes that implied that she was a prostitute. Ooh. The second was slang for a effeminate, usually gay, man, hmm. and
1: also s- sex worker. Right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm reading. I'm, yep, yep. I'm making the mistake of just reading shit. The word "molly" appeared in a Swedish English dictionary in 1762, <laughs> and the definition was sodomite, <laughs> and Ooh. it didn't have anything to do with effeminacy. It was the it was specifically the butt sex that Molly meant, anyway.
1: But like, how many times do we see? I I had no idea before we did this podcast. Is there some like it? It is female, and then it is gay. That's mm-hmm. the order of operations of something.
0: Yep. Yep. And, and and sometimes that happens quickly, but it's always it's always something gets associated with women or effeminacy, and then it gets it gets attached to to, to gay men. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so sodomy, especially for gay dudes, or sorry, especially for men having sex with men, uh, really became a, a, a problem from 1533 onwards because that's when it got codified as illegal, hmm. and then we see these things popping up especially in Britain called Molly houses (laughs) and a Molly house is basically exactly what it sounds like there, there, there were these, there were these houses in which it was just known. That is a place that you go to fuck other men, but that's when you start to see the addition of social aspects to it. It's not merely for the sex. It's also where you hang out and drink and dance and chill out And that's really when a lot of cultural things start happening. I want to talk to you about, like, the most famous one. Uh, (laughs) The most
1: famous Molly House?
0: The most famous uh, Molly House, which was run by a woman named Margaret Clapp. She was also (laughs) known as Mother Clapp. And (laughs) she ran a coffee house that opened in 1724, a short distance from the city of London. And it was it was a it was a a molly house she had up to 50 sorry up to 40 men that would just stay at this massive like tavern in giant house that she ran and and they got to live a a gay old life and she like loved it she's like the first fag hag it's like it's it's (laughs) it's it's really pretty obvious that she you know she was making money off of them because they lived there, but, like, not a lot of money. She was mostly just operating this place so that, like, these men had a place to be. And I, it's it's really...
1: This is the first sketchy sex house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, Yes, ex- exactly. She was known to have provided, quote, beds in every room of the house and commonly had 30 or 40 uh, such kind of chaps every night, but more especially on Sunday nights. She was apparently there almost all of the time uh it was reported the only time that she would leave was to run across the street to a local tavern to buy drinks to bring back to give to her customers (laughs) and there were lots of molly houses that were known as molly houses that were actually brothels where they would employ boys or young men to be sex workers for the other men that would visit these establishments and and d- depending on who you ask she was accused of running a brothel but there are lots of anecdotes from that time that suggest that that's not her intent she was more or less trying to run a social club where, where dudes would bang huh. but
1: what is a brothel but a social club where you can bang though like yeah game, but drawing the, that line seems it, very tricky
0: yeah absolutely well so it's interesting too because there was this group called the society for the reformation of manners which i think is
1: fucking hilarious
0: and they apparently would go and investigate these places and try to raid them and try to get them in trouble and try to get them shut down and it was it was more difficult for them to do so in her case because it wasn't a brothel so like mm. a, a lot of the like gymnastics that you're talking about the conceptual wordplay that's going on to make it like oh it's not a brothel blah blah, blah like yeah it, it is, is is in part just like a defense
1: but there is there is i can very much understand like this is one where like laws or definitions don't the intent behind creating a house that's a space for queer people or queer men to be that includes sex and drinking and whatever, like, you know, if someone's starting it because they want to do a business with sex and whether someone's starting it as a place for everyone to get together. But, but, but the, I don't know, that may not be obvious, even unless you talk to the owners of that establishment, you know, right. you, you might not even know that.
0: Yeah. I, I, how, how, fun would it be to just go back in time and see what was, what that was like, like what uh, was going on in, in, yeah. in, in inside that house? So she, um, this is hilarious to me like there should be if there's not already a fictionalization of this like a tv show about this i would watch this fucking movie that's what i'm (laughs) saying so there's a dude named mark partridge (laughs) who was apparently a frequent attendee at at margaret (laughs) clapp's uh place there
1: peacock and clap that's this is this sounds fake already
0: but apparently met somebody there and hooked up with him a whole bunch there and then he outed him mm. and in that day sodomy was potentially punishable by death in, in in English courts so in order to escape sodomy charges mark partridge became an informant for the police and he began this 2 year surveillance some places say 1 year some places say 2 years surveillance against margaret clapp's home hmm. so what would happen is he would bring a policeman into molly houses it wasn't just margaret clapp's place but that's that was one of the places that got targeted he would bring a policeman with him introduce him as his husband so like to legitimize him yeah and then like take him around and tour this policeman around so that he could see all of the shit that was going down and they could take notes and and get evidence gathered there was another notable informant named Thomas Newton, who frequently used used entrapment also to allow constables to arrest men in the act of instigating sodomy. So this this went on for a year or two. And then finally, in February of 1726, think about that date, 1726. Mm-hmm. Uh, they raided her house and around 40 people were arrested. And ultimately, she was found guilty. As charged and sentenced to stand in the pillory, which I didn't know very much about this, but like the pillory is like, you know, that stockade thing where you stick your, your, your hands through the thing that comes over your oh, yeah, head hot. and arms. Yeah. So except you would have to be put in that thing and stand out in a public square for like hours at a time and walk around with that thing attached to you. And then people could come and just like yell at you and throw things at you. Like that, this is that's... also,
1: this is literally the concept of a uh, porn videos. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, like I've, I've seen them do that to men, but I think it was more consensual than what you're describing. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently she apparently she, she, um, she fainted several times during her pillory sentence, uh, but she was sentenced to stand in the pillory in Smithfield market, pay a fine of 20 marks and, two years imprisonment after that wow and uh that's when she like disappears out of the historical record we don't know what happens to her after she served that sentence where did the clap go yeah where did the clap go
1: (laughs) that's Um, wild like the just the the risk that you know you're getting into by by running that the deceit the kind of cover your own ass ironically to save yourself and get all these other people arrested like god that's i don't know that's a that's wild knowing going into it not just attending one of those houses but running the house because you know that you're the one that's gonna get in trouble if if anything happens but you know it's the right thing to do where people need these spaces god that's wild
0: yeah well Talking about these these spaces and like what happened in them, there was another fairly famous uh, Molly House that has a lot of documentation about it because it also was similarly raided and lots and lots of people got arrested, but two people were actually put to death for sodomy as a, as a result of, of of all of this stuff. But that provides us that investigation and that trial provides us with a treasure trove of in the moment information about like what it was like inside of these places again in the late 18th early 19th century Hmm. so some of these things that that were specific to molly houses were number one quote the use of female dialect so apparently (laughs) a lot of the dudes that would go to these places would use feminine language refer to each other by she and her Hmm. which is not that's like that's a thing we do now sometimes i did not
1: know it was that old yeah
0: (laughs) isn't that crazy yeah um sometimes they would come up with fake names for themselves and those names were female so like there was this like you know cultural thing of like i've decided i'm gonna go with sophia yeah. My, like my, my Molly house name is Sophia. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, cross-dressing. There were a lot of people that would, would, would wear female clothes. It's, of course, controversial to look at that and talk about the difference between, between cross-dressing and trans, you know, trans identities did not exist whatsoever, but there's yeah. definitely a lot of, you know, wearing of, of feminine clothing on the inside there. Another one was marriage ceremonies. So sometimes what that meant was just banging. There would be a room <laughs> that had a bed in it, and that's where you would go to consummate your marriage <laughs> to another dude, and and that was what they meant by marriage ceremony. But sometimes, actual... I now
1: take your dick to be my husband.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why um, not? Uh, but 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 sometimes they would actually have a a wedding ceremony between a molly and his male lover, <laughs> and um, that was yeah it, it was the opportunity to do like the form uh if not the function of of heterosexual romantic relationships mm-hmm. in fact there was a priest i'm trying to find him i can't find his name there there's a priest that was uh, arrested for performing ritual marriage ceremonies between people the, between dudes at at molly houses in, in the 1700s or and, mm-hmm. no, this, this was 1810 but still 1810 fuck
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. People who think that the desire for same-sex marriage is a, is a new thing or a new trend. Like, all those people that think it's a trend. Man, 1810.
0: Yep. And the last one, this one I don't get, Kyle. Okay. You'll have to maybe tell me <laughs> what you think about this. They would have mock birth rituals, during which a man dressed in a nightgown pretended to be a woman giving birth to a baby assisted by fellow mollies who were his midwives. And then they would go through the agony and ecstasy. That's quote, quote the agony and ecstasy of childbirth. And then they would, he would give birth to a wooden doll. And then they would like present the baby to him. And like, it's like, it's like one of those scenes from the, um, um, Margaret Atwood, uh, the Handmaid's Tale. It's like a, it's like it's like the Handmaid's Tale, except yeah. it's a bunch of dudes pretending to be ladies. Yeah. A- a- like, and I'm just trying to get my head around like what 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 were they getting out of it, or what were they thinking about? Because
1: they'd get a wooden doll, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you said it. <laughs>
0: is uh, it's 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 super interesting to me that that it was like a coming of age ceremonial but like not overtly sexual but kind of how is it sexual well just yeah maybe maybe it's not i don't i don't know (laughs) but like the stuff that i read about it where they're talking about like pain is ecstasy and childbirth is the most painful thing so it must be the most ecstatic was like it it was all intertwined somehow with like an orgiastic feeling to it. I I mean, that's
1: like, that's childbirth when, you know, anyone with a vagina that can give birth has like, you can potentially have an orgasm when you do it. There's, you know, the something that I'm thinking is, not just in this moment but also the the whole idea of these molly houses is anytime there's any kind of gay sex involved in anything that's the only thing we take away from it i was just thinking like what's the comparison in the house of that versus frat houses frat houses do a bunch of ritualistic behavior have a bunch of dudes they refer to each other in specific ways that are custom to their speech and they have a lot of sex in it and we don't Well, that's a part of it. We don't think of them as sex houses, but when gay dudes do it, it's a sex house in spite of all the other functions that it provides. And I'm that what you're saying specifically about this thing of of childbirth, I don't know if it was if it was not a bunch of dudes doing this together at a house where like sex also sometimes happens. I wonder if you would think of it as a sex thing if that was, you know someone else giving birth at a hospital
0: yeah no it's it's a great uh it's it's a great point that there's a there's a double standard right like just just by gay dudes even existing there's an assumption of sexuality like look at what's going on with like drag queen uh, story time reading like it's it's, because because they're dudes and they have an alternative sexuality then that it presumes that there's something dirty about it even though they're just being fabulous and reading stories get over it
1: yeah 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 Yeah,
0: I I think that that's that's enough about Molly houses. But I I just I it's from in an episode about queer spaces. It's important. Molly houses are important because it is where it stops being about just the sex part Hmm. and starts going into this idea of community and a place where people can live out alternative identities and be in each other's lives beyond just the 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 dick in the ass kind of a Hmm. situation. Interesting. And uh, I, I think. Ms. Clapp is is my new favorite historical figure,
1: <laughs> and uh, I mean something. I, in spite of my um, heavy eye rolling during your your history segments, I do really enjoy what I always learn, and what everyone I think needs to learn, especially right wing politicians, is it's happened for. Not even decades, like hundreds and hundreds of yep. years. and so, Yes, it's been happening for so long. And the idea that any of this is new is ridiculous. It's like I would have. Yeah, I would have never thought that it that these kind of spaces existed that early.
0: Yep. Yep. It blows me away, too. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you don't hate it as much as you pretend to. <laughs> um, uh, so so I will wrap up the history part, though, by talking about gay bars
1: yeah, you got to talk about gay bars. I mean, it's it, it's either when you think about gay spaces specifically, you think about either sex or bars. So, what, what like how
0: would you how would you what does bar mean to you, Kyle?
1: <laughs> I don't want to answer that because yeah. it just it's it's like what does the word the mean to me? I don't know bar a bar it's a bar. A bar yeah
0: so so what what's what's interesting here is that like the concept of a bar didn't really exist until industrial revolution and and after that there were there were taverns and there were inns and there were places that were either restaurants or places that you stayed or both and there would be alcohol there, but that was not at least on the surface the primary reason for the establishment to exist hmm. right so when you talk about gay bars, if we limit it to the bar is a place where people go primarily to drink. It's not about sex, it's not about the food, it's not about sleeping there. It's just to drink and have community. When do you think the very first bar opened that fits that criteria? Uh 1439. Oh. I that's optimistic um
1: i don't know <laughs> uh, n-
0: n- no i i i appreciate you not not mike johnsoning it and trying to like like be smart oh and, no i did um, mike johnson
1: <laughs> it i went way earlier than i thought was actually realistic because i think you're trying to s- me to say something and it's actually going to be earlier than i say so i went to the other side of it
0: yeah okay well the very first gay bar in europe and probably in the world was on the french riviera in Cannes. it was called the zanzibar and it opened in 1885. It was specifically a drinking establish- establishment for queer people.
1: Wait, are so are the concept of like these gay houses those Molly houses are those older than the concept of bars?
0: Uh great question. Molly houses came before bars. Ooh. Bars for straight people existed before gay bars. Uh, but not by right. much.
1: Right, right. Yeah. That's that's really fun to like, I don't know, that's just like a fun weird fact if anyone's like, oh, you need a queer space? It's like, dude, queer spaces are older than the, the idea of any bar. Like, right. that's, yeah. that's just a fun thing to be able to say that's like random yeah. history knowledge that's like, fuck off.
0: Or more importantly, gay bars are older than the word gay. Like they're older than the word homosexual, right? Like that as a identifier as an identity didn't didn't come in, in, until until later.
1: Of course, our first bar is called Zanzibar. Zanzibar,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so apparently, uh, Paris was known as a center for gay culture in the nineteenth century, and it, still it was is. It, it, it still is the the Zanzibar. I am surprised to learn or was surprised to learn was open for one hundred and twenty five years. It only closed in December of twenty ten.
1: Oh. that seems like a a, should be a historical landmark that like stonewall like yeah yeah
0: i wish i wish i could have gone yeah right but yeah there and also there are a lot of (laughs) this is hilarious fucking drama queens (laughs) there are lots of bars in the united states that claim to be the oldest gay bar here yeah yeah and there's things like the this bar is in the oldest building there's Uh, like this bar has like it 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 wasn't it was it started as a normal bar that was a straight bar and then the gays took it over but we're going to count the pre-gay portion as part of the like making us the oldest gay bar there's there's but there's there's kind of a lot of them yeah Um, if you
1: if you have a chance to try to do it you got to plant your fag
0: yeah for sure for sure absolutely Bars have been around, gay bars have been around for a while, 1885. I was surprised by that. I figured it would be like the 1950s or 1960s, right? And a lot of that's because we think of Stonewall as being this just like gay people jumped out of the ground (laughs) uh, in in the late 60s. And that's just not fucking true.
1: And I have followed the same kind of pattern of learning about things when you learn about, especially when you're in the US and learn about gay history, you start like Stonewall is such a major important event that you start there and then it's like i don't know it's not often that you go back even further beyond that so it makes sense that that starts as you're like oh it started then you know and, yeah. and not know as much about all the things that happened before
0: yeah for sure it's really sad to me that there are gay bars bathhouses, molly houses which are somewhere in between and then like community centers and a lot of that jumps out of the aids crisis and that's uh but but the the lion's share the vast majority of queer spaces are gay male oriented spaces and are about drinking and fucking like that's that's yeah. our legacy and yeah. um I, I think it's it still is in so many ways and that's that's uh that's that's kind of a lot to i don't know think about
1: yeah i was gonna ask like why why do you think drinking is so heavily assist- like i get the the fucking part you're not allowed to do that and there is although there's more to being gay like Part of the definition is that you want to fuck dudes like, but but why drinking? Why is drinking so heavily associated with us and...
0: I mean, I have my guesses. I, I, I have no no data yeah. here, but like like bars are darker. So your identity is sort of like slightly feels safer. If, if not, like it, it seems like there's something there being being gay or being queer. I know I'm braver at sucking dick when I've had a couple of beverages. <laughs> so like maybe that, you know, take the edge off of the anxiety. That's, mm. you know, people, their inhibitions are lowered. And if that's something that they need help with, that's a place that they can do it. There's also... Uh, At least once you look at prohibition and beyond, once prohibition comes into play and uh, alcohol, it's illegal to serve alcohol in in, in several countries, not just the United States, but the United States has had a famous experiment with with prohibition. You have an establishment where people are allowed to come and drink anyway. There's this like, well, if you're going to break one rule, why not break a fuck ton of them? Right. And and so if you're going to step outside the mainstream of society and go be an alcoholic, then like maybe hooking up with other dudes is something that you can you can swing as well um yeah you're not going to
1: be like breaking the drinking law and be like but he's kissing someone you're like oh oh, wait it's like tattling on someone else that's speeding right beside you you're like wait wait."
0: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly right and bars have this reputation i think a lot of it comes from prohibition actually that that like they're seedy underbellies of society that's like where what's where the that's where the weirdos hang out and and that is something that we've always sort of gravitated to as a people, queer people, I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, the ownership of especially gay bars, like getting our money is part of why they could exist. And the people that could get the money were like the mafia or people that could then afford to pay off. And and so, uh, you know, hanging out at a community center is not going to make the mafia money. Whereas like getting money from us at a gay bar, it makes sense why that would be an establishment that they would keep open. Yep. If yeah, if you're gonna break the law. Yeah. Might as well.
0: Yep. Um, absolutely
1: well, as we moved into our modern day society, Great. we have uh then transitioned into online spaces. Oh uh, yeah, we have. So the internet first started in 19, no. Um, when Al Gore was taking a dump <laughs> and decided. And he was like, my poop goes through tubes. What if <laughs> what if my poop contained information? Um, no, this, um, what I'm going to talk about is GLAD's 2021 social media safety index, which took a look at the biggest social media platforms and talked about, are they safe? And, I mean, you kind of know the answer we talked about before. No, they're not. But yeah,
0: I was going to ask if it's just one page in like yeah. seventy-eight point font. It's don't
1: <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, like it's no, it's it's true. It, like th- they said at the very beginning, the Harris. They uh, I wrote down this quote: surveying the current landscape of leading social media platforms, the entire sector is entirely unsafe for LGBTQ users. Yeah. Like, if you want the takeaway from what they said, it is that sentence. Yep. Part of our, it it's funny, part of our uh, sponsorship with the app spaces is they are an online community made by and for queer people, partly in response to this. So part of the promotion that they are getting from this episode is just the knowledge of what's happening in today's world. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't yeah, have to do yeah, too yeah, much yeah, pushing yeah. of them. You just have to say, like, here's why stuff sucks and a lot of people know that stuff sucks because they've been there they've been on the internet and they just they understand it but um, yeah. what I wanted to do is boy I I I, I read through the report I, I, I thought it'd be interesting to go uh, for each platform talk about something that jumped out about kind of the ch- particular challenges or issue oh. that, that that platform has had okay oh just first uh, the
0: craigslist all the murder is that what oh! you're gonna do <laughs>
1: Craigslist all the murder, but boy you could find some random sex early, early back in the day. No, like yeah. things like Reddit and Craigslist are, you know this is not every um internet. At the beginning of the the research uh 68 this is from Pew research. They quote a lot of other people uh and others others research. 68% of LGB people have faced online harassment versus 41% of straight adults. So oh. LGB people are far more likely to be harassed. Wait, okay. What do straight people get harassed for? Well, because I think like straight people, then you're you can so straight,
0: to... fucking straighty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where are That's... you a
0: straighterson? Like... <laughs>
1: Probably because of their other identities, like, you know, people of color or disabilities or religion or uh, their woman or, you know. The...
0: All right. I'm it guessing
1: it was okay. Also, <laughs> anti de- the Anti-Defamation League also shows that 64% of LGBTQ uh, people are the target of online hate and harassment that is consistently the highest group that is the target of hate and harassment and mm-hmm. um it was very weird that male identified people were the third highest at 43 percent. and there's part of me that's like yeah is that because of your other identities or do male are there men out there that just are like I'm so harassed some, you know, they don't
0: being a cis white able-bodied <sighs> dude. Christian is just there's so much harassment, Kyle.
1: <laughs> I couldn't, I actually tried to look that up. Cause I was like, that's so odd that like it's higher than female reported uh, harassment. Like that's just yeah. bonkers. So it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Is this just the persecution complex that men have of like you, you responded to me with any kind of comment. This is hate. Like not yeah. totally understood. Anyway, I don't know what that, but anyway, LGBT, uh, Q people have far and away faced higher rates of online harassment than straight people. And that's just kind of pervasive. That's kind of expected. It's, you know, two thirds ish of people you just expect uh, for harassment to happen. And I think the belief that it is just like someone says something mean to you or calls you a fag, like there, there, it goes way beyond that. And yeah. part of the uh, GLADS uh, survey, they did not rank anyone because they said if we gave you a score, you would all fail. So basically, this I think is like their warning shot. This is like, Ooh. here's our recommendations. Here's what the current status is, and the next report they get put out, which should be I think I'm assuming sometime soon because it's been about a year. The next report should give them scores. Okay, that'll be interesting. But let's start with Facebook. Okay, uh, fail. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, uh, we, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Facebook. Just one thing. Uh, Again, I'm just kind of picking the thing uh, a thing about them that stood out most to me. Have you heard of the Daily Caller? Yes. I don't know if I had never heard of it, but yeah, it's a site that was a quote unquote news site that was started by Tucker Carlson and is like very anti LGBT. And
0: yeah, I have so many like Tuckers in my life, like literally. That's you my great aunt's last the- name is Tucker. Oh, anyway, but I thought I, you
1: meant you hung out with a bunch of drag queens.
0: Well, no, <laughs> that too. But like, I grew up in Eastern Washington and I have so many like just conservative, conservative fuckface mm-hmm. asshole, mm-hmm. dick bags that I'm either friends with or related to or both. And like, mm-hmm. That's why I see right. data color stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it is uh yeah, very right wing, very anti LGBT. Great. Anyway, the reason I bring that up is because Facebook in 2016 started doing independent fact checking of oh, information yeah. that was posted when something was labeled as misinformation, it would appear, it'd be less likely to show up on news feeds. It would show a label on it that described it as, as such. Uh, one yeah. of the 10 independent fact checkers was the, check your fact which is a for-profit subsidiary owned by the daily caller oh my god so that is one of their 10 independent fact checking and all of this is as of the 2021 social media report so hopefully things have changed or i I don't know i kind of have a doubt that things have wildly changed for the better but me but at least as of this time yeah, that was one of their uh, that was one of their fact checkers. Okay, that sounds super
0: suspect and sketchy, but I would be more interested in their accuracy, right? Like, like it, it, it. Yes, follow the money, and yes, that's a problem. And and if they're real good at their job, though, then like maybe that is makes it a little more okay, you know? Uh,
1: the the group owned by the Daily Caller might be really good at fact checking. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, hmm. we should that's... be open to the possibility that that's true.
1: Gil, I mean, if you can't start with your own website, then why would you? I, I don't, I don't know why you're giving them any kind of credit or hope. <laughs> well, okay, that's wild to me. It's like N- no credit,
0: maybe hope. I, just huh. it's it's that like the jur- the jury is out is what I'm saying.
1: Mm. I okay. I All mean, right. <laughs> maybe for you, but the jury's not out. No, like an anti-LGBT news site does not get to be a fact checker. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to wait to decide. Like, I don't, I don't need more data. I feel, I feel like we get into this trap It's where it's like, okay, well, le- let's give you a chance to do a thing. It's like, no, you've already proved you're anti-LGBT. I don't need more information. I don't need to wait for you to fuck up again. I like, I'm allowed to say, no, that's not okay. I don't care. Like you are not allowed to have an anti-LGBT or a thing owned by an anti-LGBT news site be a fact checker? No, All right. not yeah. allowed. In- yeah. Out, you're out.
0: Done, you're out. All the way, may. <laughs> <laughs> Strike three. Fuck you.
1: It was interesting. Facebook itself. Let me see. Pull
0: on. We should totally start a new site and call it Sit on My Facebook and see <laughs> how long it takes to get sued.
1: <laughs> Surely someone has thought of that. That seems like too good not to be facebook's algorithms are also uh, an issue Oh Facebook algorithms quote fuel extreme and polarizing content. Facebook should do everything in its power to prevent its tools and algorithms for from driving people towards self reinforcing echo chambers of extremism and the, and that the company must recognize that failure to do so will have dangerous and life threatening real world consequences, yeah. And that quote is from Facebook's own civil rights audit from July, 2020.
0: Whew. So wait, is that that shit that that one bitch leaked? And then she ended up talking to Congress and then Facebook li- like lost their shit.
1: I don't know. Or, where it, all right.
0: Yeah. Clearly I know all the facts cause I used lots of specific <laughs> language.
1: <laughs> Twitter. They were most positive about Twitter. They said the most, like they seemed Weird. the, I mean, again, all of them failed. So it is not a good outcome, but that was the one that when you read it was the most had the most good things to say about them.
0: I mean, there's so many more dicks on Twitter. That's for sure.
1: That's very Dicks and dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Got, got to find those alt accounts. They do have a uh, policy against dead naming, which they were um, commended for. And actually since this report it's the one thing i i know about that has happened since this report tiktok uh, has a policy against dead naming and misgendering um, that happened this year in february so
0: yeah uh, at least
1: at least something has happened uh since then youtube uh this is well known about youtube that uh, they're role negative against youtube and, and pointed out a lot of negative things that we know about it youtube can very much take you down this path of extremism Mm-hmm. And uh, this is part of the inherent uh, bias in algorithms that is something that I think is, God, it's such a crazy problem, but also a real one. YouTube and, fa- and Facebook, and I'm sure others, like recommend things to you based on your interests. So if you look at an anti-LGBT group, whether on Facebook or a video on YouTube, they may serve you. And, well, YouTube, they're saying they do serve you, even more extreme ones. Mm-hmm. Because if you're mm-hmm. kind of... My logic, like, if you're kind of mad at something, and then you see another video that's like, you should be a little bit more mad, then you're like, oh, wait, why should I be? And it, like, very – it can it can radicalize you. If you find a group that's anti-LGBT in the report they pointed out on Facebook, like, the straight pride group, what other groups does it recommend to you based <laughs> on that? So even if on the surface something looks like straight pride, like, uh, you're that's not – explicitly against lgbt people but what else is it going to show if you like that and so they are pushing people towards anti-lgbt things
0: gross so gross in
1: 2019 lgbtq youtubers filed a lawsuit uh, for discrimination against youtube because of their they say that it blocks words like gay or trans which with pretty you know these youtubers have done tests and seen this happen pretty directly and posted about it. And the case was, I think we've even talked about it. It was thrown out because I I think, unfortunately correctly thrown out in 2021 because tech companies are not state actors. They are not subject to the first amendment. Yep. Yep. That is something that conservatives love to claim when it negatively affects them and love to utilize when it doesn't that's one of the things they like to pretend applies to everything that they feel bad about um is the first amendment
0: yep for sure they love the first amendment they love the second amendment end of list
1: (laughs) um and they love uh fucking children um the (laughs) this is interesting for youtube one of the positives that the glad report mentioned is that YouTube originals have both been nominated and won Glad Media Awards. Oh. Which it's interesting in a report that says all social media is bad for LGBTQ people, including YouTube, and also Glad itself has awarded them for okay. documentaries that yeah.
0: Uh, what what makes a YouTube original a YouTube original? Does it mean that they bankrolled it, they produced it, or does it just mean that it's on their platform? Like, are there independent content creators who get labeled YouTube originals, and they're actually, uh, you know, applauding them, not YouTube the platform?
1: I I don't I did not look up that definition. I'm trying, figure, I'm trying to figure out a YouTube- way to
0: not give them credit, but still oh, like, no, say that. No, Glad YouTube is,
1: original would be like YouTube made it.
0: I see a lot of Hulu originals that are actually like British shows. <laughs> like they just slapped oh, like really? Hulu original on it. Like, anyway, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, that, that I mean, uh, I was curious your reaction to that.
0: I, I, yeah, I, I'm inclined to trust Glad that there's like there's a there's a way to reconcile those seemingly contradictory things that they have said. And that was my, that's why I'm asking the, the question that I asked was to try to figure out a way to make it
1: make sense. Yeah. No, I mean, so no, that didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> so now what do you think? <laughs> Great. <laughs> that's. You have no more opinions about it? I, you have I, no feelings I, about, I. I, okay. I had really strong opinions, but. I'm very <laughs> surprised that no 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 I'm very surprised now I'm more surprised I was both surprised by this now I'm even more surprised that you're like kind of indifferent towards this well I just
0: uh, like I said like I'm acting like a republican I just I want to I want to know how to f- make both things true that like YouTube is bad for queer people and that this content that they singled out and said is good for queer people is like I- instead of viewing it as a potential strike against glad as an arbiter of good queer media i have a level of trust built up with them that i want to believe both things are true
1: yeah i mean do you think something like youtube categorically that glad has said is bad for lgbt people should that be eligible to win a glad media award
0: yes no i don't know
1: (laughs) Uh, it's it's a
0: it's a good it's a good question because i think that there is a increased level of scrutiny that's required when it comes to uh money and following the money and and taking a a social responsibility for making sure that you're not inadvertently supporting shitty people right so I'm very torn because there's like a journalistic integrity involved in like analyzing content and saying like, hey, this is really important and good for queer people. And it's good queer representation and and like a, a level of objectivity about that to like, don't like, don't care who did it. Don't care where it came from. It's OK to still really like Kevin Spacey's performances. Yeah. <laughs> or is it right? <laughs> like, well,
1: but I think what you're saying, like the idea that you can be objective in your view often then. Allows for prejudice
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah no i i I mean also you know I think this report came out after some of those nominations or whatever, and awards happened, or i don 't know the timing exactly, so it's possible, yeah, i don't know, how do you recognize the good things that are happening or that it's doing, but at some point like to to award them with this. I feel like companies often then use that to tout that they are doing well. And you can say, Oh, well we have the YouTube original that this documentary won a glad award for our documentary. We're doing good things. And I don't know.
0: Okay. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Okay. We are on
1: Spotify. Yeah. 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 We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. (laughs) Like we're on these (laughs) exact, we're on YouTube. Like if you want to get more direct about it. Yeah. We are on these things. Yeah.
0: like it there's a there's there's a marketplace there right and how easy is it for Facebook or Spotify or whoever to say like there's this there's this gay ass podcast that we're the home for blah 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 like that that feels gross and of course a marketing person would do that of course they
1: would yeah yeah something that i both both for for us and other other LGBTQ people we Unfortunately, don't have any of the power in this situation. Mm. We being and and other LGBTQ artists, we cannot take ourselves off Spotify and make a difference. The only difference we would make then is we would negatively impact us and we would zero impact Spotify. So there's I think at some point you can talk about if you get to a certain size and can have an influence. And I think you have to be pretty big to have a say. I don't blame any LGBTQ people for being on things like Facebook or YouTube or Spotify or yeah, they are the ones in charge of the market and, and you have to be there in order to make money to promote yourself. I I think queer people like get paid. Like we, we already don't make money. (laughs) Like we are discriminated against in so many ways. And then to put the extra burden on top of yourself of don't participate in any of the mainstream publishers or marketplaces. Like, yeah. I think that's an unfair expectation. I, if I, if an independent creator says this is against our views and we're going to go do our own thing, I, I respect that. That's, that's really cool. Also, if we did that, we would have 20 listeners. Like we, you know, and yeah. so, yeah, this is also like, I think there are ways for glad to recognize a good documentary that youtube did without having it win i think if you my view i think where i'm at right now and i'm open to change this because i've only been thinking about this the past couple days since i learned this information but i think where i'm at right now is if you if youtube fails as a social media company for lgbtq people they are disqualified from winning or being nominated That Mm -hmm. is a just, you have to be, you have to achieve an acceptable level as a whole to win and glad can do other, they can special recognition for this thing, or they can promote something on YouTube through their channels. That's a good documentary, especially created by queer people. Like they can do other things, but YouTube, you cannot win this because, or they can like award. I don't know. I think they do other things, but you are disqualified from winning this award until you are a safe place for queer people to exist.
0: Well, and I wonder if that's the plan. If there are no official scores, then you can't really say what a failing one is. And yeah, yeah. like, if, if there's some level then of objectivity for next year's, yeah, great, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And if any of these companies have gotten their shit together enough by the next one to not fail, because right now they're all failing, or, you yeah. know, or what happens. Um, to keep going, Instagram, I think the, the biggest thing they pointed out is right wing people will report a, an Instagram account for no reason. It will get taken down and maybe restored later, but this is where the transparency and like, why was my thing taken down? Or you can just, if you just get enough people together to do a thing and attack a group of people, you can get your way. So uh, they pointed yeah. out some examples of that. And something I didn't realize is there are hashtags that are allowed that are directly anti-lgbt and i looked oh, this up really? one that stood out to me they pointed out a bunch one that stood out to me gay is a mental disorder that <sighs> hashtag is both uh, that's not okay okay <laughs> that's i pulled up my phone and opened up instagram and did a search and i see posts there i reported a post from our gayish account that oh. used that and w- was posted this month had a dude like with the American flag covering him, kicking a dude with a rainbow flag covering him. And oh, no. so I reported that we'll see if that gets removed, but like that, that's a good example of like, can, can you just not allow gay as a mental disorder? Like that's just, right. I don't know. So
0: that's oh, okay. I'm very disturbed by that. Like I, I'm i very disturbed by that.
1: W- why that, why that one specifically?
0: Uh, Because it's, it's, Simultaneously ableist and bigoted, like that's (laughs) it's it's an impressive concoction of evil bullshit. Like, yeah. Anyway,
1: so okay. Speaking of, uh, we're not gonna have time for this, so this is gonna uh, be on the Patreon segment. I'm gonna tell you about um, Glad mentioned part of hate speech can also come in the form of memes or something that appears to be on the surface level a, a concept or a word or a definition but is but is actually hate speech. One of them, uh, Globo Homo, is a very interesting combination of homophobic and anti-Semitic that I'd never heard of. And if I saw that word, I wouldn't have known what that is. But we'll talk about words like transgender or clover gender or other other words and memes that uh, I think would help people to know that they exist. So when you run into them, because like I want to be open to new concepts, ideas, identities, things I don't know and learn about them. And yeah. if someone masks information at trying to promote hate and, and puts it in this mask or guys, then my openness, they're taking advantage of my openness to learn and, and want to learn new things. So anyway, yeah. we'll talk more about some of those concepts on the, the patron segment. Okay. Uh, lastly, on, on the tick on, on, the tick tock, those on tick they, they, there were certain accounts that, TikTok found were more vulnerable to be bullied, primarily LGBTQ people, people with disabilities, and to help resolve that, TikTok reduced the viral circulation of their posts. They slowed down the their their posts from going viral. Hmm. And that's horrible. Like they they are punishing LGBT and dis- disabled content creators for their posts rather than You know, so they said they stopped doing that in December 2019. Um, So that was a something that they had done in the past. And they also, uh, as recently as September 2020, were shadow banning LGBTQ hashtags, especially ones that meant, for example, meant the word gay in Russian languages, Arabic, Bosnian languages, as a way to kind of hammer the uh, illegality or or try to match country laws. But uh, not only... I don't know. We can talk about that. That's difficult. And also some of those that can affect people that, that speak those languages that are in other countries, not just in the countries where it is illegal. Yeah. And shadow banning is particularly difficult because it's, it's a, it's a ban or a hiding something and they don't tell you it's hidden. So when you're shadow banned, you think you're just posting and that's the shadow part of it is like, it's hidden from the rest of the world and no one can see it. And nothing alerts you to like, hey, your post has been blocked or won't show up or it's removed. It's just no one sees it. And you would just think, oh, like no one voted this or liked this or anything. You just on your end, you just see a post.
0: Well, rate, review, rubscribe and recommend everybody because we've for sure been shadow banned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I will wrap up this online segment with. We have not talked about, but is a big part of this is the idea, the balance between protection for communities versus freedom of speech. And a quote that I grabbed that I really liked from this report said, while the tension between hate speech and free speech is one of the most persistent dilemmas of our time. The fact that remains that social media companies actively exploit this tension with the sole purpose of reaping enormous profits every single day. As the disproportionate targets of that hate lgbtq people and other marginalized individuals are the ones paying the price
0: yeah yep so kyle hey kyle oh hey mike (laughs) on my notes i just have the sentence do we need queer spaces still so let's 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 talk about that yeah there is this thing especially in seattle that says you know we've reached critical mass. Like gay people are fucking everywhere and we're more or less super safe and visible and mainstream in most parts of this city. So are gay bars and other queer spaces going to die by virtue of not really even being needed anymore? And Seattle's a bubble, super liberal, super crazy left. It is not the way that it is in lots of other parts of the country, but are we like on the leading edge of a death of queer spaces? That's going to happen. What do you think? Respond.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I feel like I'm getting interviewed on my own podcast. Okay. Well, should I tell you some of the numbers? Uh, yeah, let's around? do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I I grabbed this data from the national sexual violence resource center, which that sounds misleading. It's, it's just in general about kind of LGBT stats. And Hold your breath, everybody. This is going to be depressing for a hot second. (laughs) You're you're going to pass out. Oh, I guess then I can just do the rest of the podcast on my own. (laughs) Um, I have
0: COVID. I can't hold my breath that long.
1: (laughs) Okay, here we go. LGBT, this is uh, mostly LGBT people are still four times more likely to experience violence than straight people. 2019 FBI data says there was a rise in anti-LGBT hate crimes, including higher rates of police brutality. 2020 Mm. had a record-breaking number of murders against trans people, and trans people are seven times more likely to be victims of police brutality than cis people. Jesus. 70% of LGBTQ people um, said they have been sexually harassed at work. 42 percent of lgbt people reported living in an unwelcome environment and that's just in the u.s um so this is not from that place but i looked up a worldwide number because i was very that was very u.s centric but uh worldwide there has been an overall increase in acceptance in lgbt people according to the global acceptance index but there are still 57 countries where the acceptance has decreased
0: oh Hmm. LGBT anyone's people. Anyone's we care about, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: also, 70% of people, of, of LGBT people, have been harassed at work. Yeah. I haven't. What am I doing wrong? Am I not, am I not attractive
1: enough? <laughs> I'll message you later to see if you want to keep that comment in this episode. Um, okay, great.
0: <laughs>
1: LGBT people are overburdened because they are felt like they need to educate or make others feel uh, okay with their mere presence or deal with questions about their sex, sexuality, or gender. Uh, For example, 33% of trans patients reported that they had to teach their doctor about trans issues in order to receive appropriate care. I know I've had to teach my therapist about LGBT stuff. And I mean, even just day to day, you say you're gay and and now like, are you top or bottom or I don't know.
0: That's so insane to me that like, I, like there's part of me that wants to view doctors as just being super smart and to like know stuff. And the fact that they just flat fucking don't about a lot yeah. of things is really crazy to me, especially because my doctor is so good. He's a straight dude, mm. but like is he's knowledgeable and totally down. And that's probably just a function of him being a, a, a doctor in the tech part of Seattle. But anyway, mm. like,
1: yeah, like yeah. all of this, you if you add to this. Uh, trans, bisexual, asexual, black people, people of color, anyone in the plus of the LGBTQ plus yeah. um, intersex, anyone who's femme uh, also n- experience additional hate from within the community, which oh, is yeah. a burden. And it's interesting at the end of kind of all these stats. This this page said, quote, the awareness of the above statistics is extremely taxing on LGBTQIA plus individuals. So even me reading the numbers about why it's difficult being LGBT person is a reminder that it's difficult to be an LGBT person. Straight people don't have constant reminders about, hey, things are even worse than you. So it's both validating like we're two times more likely to have mental health issues. Also, we hear that all the time about how we're more likely to have mental health issues like so. I I think anyone who wonders if we still need queer spaces uh, uh, like needs to just be just because you have felt things have improved or you have personally not felt anything um, or experienced anything. Even if you're a member of the community, like that is great. You're very fortunate. Also, that's not the general experience. And there's still a lot of challenges that come along with being queer and, and existing in the world uh, can, can lead to anywhere from invasive questions to death and queer spaces exist from a need to be not, you'll never be a hundred percent confident that where you are is safe, but you are (laughs) existing in a queer space can remove some of that pressure or fear or burden or expectations or danger from your experience.
0: Okay. But do we need more than drag shows, two for one shots, brunch and glory holes? Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, a big, uh, what I've seen is, I mean, especially because of the pandemic, there has been a big decrease in the number of available spaces, but also recently I've, I've seen the desire to increase the number of spaces for sober LGBT people, disabled Mm. um, uh, women and non-binary and femme people um, uh, spaces for black people or people of color in Seattle, there's taking black pride, which even I think it was last year experienced hate from the LGBT community on, do you need a space for black LGBT people? Like, so uh, I, I'm, I'm, also heartened by, I think we're having more of these discussions about the needs for spaces that go beyond the the sex and the drinking parts. I was will, that the one where the controversy was that
0: white people had to pay more? Like, yeah, just get oh fucking get over it, like fucking get over it. I also
1: <laughs> pretty sure it was optional. I like I don't think that yeah. I don't know. It, it was like you. Sh- I don't know. It, even if it wasn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Like if you're, I mean that there there is a part that's. I mean we we are on both sides of this. We can see this from both sides are should allies be allowed in a space and i mean that straight cis people coming into a queer space or you know us going to a black queer space or a you know whatever should should allies be allowed in a a space
0: i think that it is a matter of invitation right like invading a space is different than being brought into one Mm -hmm. and that it's uh should I be allowed to bring my cis friends with me to an event or a bar or whatever? Absolutely, yeah. and am I going to go to a space that's for people of color or for lesbians or for like insert insert adjective here?
1: Yeah, probably not
0: without a reason or an invitation or an, an escort. You know, like yeah. that's. I, I I think I think that's that's the that's the rule that's the bar that people should try try to follow.
1: Yeah, I also think when you I I definitely agree. I think especially. Being queer, like especially compared to so many other communities, because when I was in college, my best friend was a straight woman and I was most comfortable. I was really worried about coming out and being gay and I would bring her to gay bars because I want to feel comfortable for myself. I wanted to bring my best friend. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so I, I completely agree that it's really important. Like that invitation. I am bringing her because this is what I want. And this place, this space is about making me feel comfortable and I want to bring my friend into this space. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. From the other, from the other side, if you are in a space that you belong in and looking and thinking someone doesn't belong, I think what's really important, especially these days is are Is what are you assuming about that person? And do you know sure. for sure it's true? Because I think, especially with bisexual or pansexual people yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah. gender, with disabilities, you can, we, I think we're also doing better at having conversations about you cannot see those things. I I just think even someone who's questioning, even if they self identify as, as you know, an ally or, or, you know, straight and cis and they're coming to space, the idea that it may not be safe for someone to be out, or they may not even be out to themselves. I think we need to really keep in mind if, and when we step in to try to prevent or police a space from, someone who we feel like doesn't belong. And yeah. I think that should happen when someone's not being respectful of the space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about disruption, right? Like be, like, right. be honest with yourself about how, how disruptive is this person? Like just because they're yeah. wearing Carhartts and Oakley sunglasses doesn't mean that they're a straight dude, <laughs> but if they are like yelling loudly about NASCAR, like maybe then <laughs>
1: <laughs> here's your sign. <laughs>
0: yeah, th- just, yeah. Just how, how, yeah. how disruptive are they being? Because, yeah know know how much project- projection you're doing maybe
1: yeah 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 is the end goal is the ideal state to not have queer spaces
0: i think the ideal state is a world in which we have straight bars gay bars and just hangout bars right like i i, I think that there is there is there is a utility to being pretty sure that everybody around you is is eligible <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that will always always exist, right? I, I I think that there will always be a like. Let's just cut. Like, I want to avoid the awkward conversation of, "Are you even remotely into dudes?" And <laughs> to be pretty reasonably sure, because of the space that we're in, I think there'll always be a use for that.
1: <laughs> I love that you're like, no, we always need them because I want to be reasonably sure I have the potential to fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. because I,
0: I i do i do think that like a lot of the justifiable reasons for needing queer spaces now are based in a lack of true acceptance in mainstream society right like it's dangerous it is uh we we need to not feel quite so conspicuous so there has to be like a a, a secluded area to fly under the radar together in like it, it it's it's about being certain that the people that are around you aren't harboring ill will like there's all of that just comes from people still giving a shit about sexuality in a bad way and if that goes away in a perfect world where like we're not fighting just for our right to exist in a visible way and be who we are a lot of that goes away right so i i hope that we don't actually need spaces just to be safe and exist in Mm a hundred years
1: but we probably will. Yeah. To me, it's more people will always value being around people that understand their experience. There's always going to be something unique and not the majority about being queer, about being gay or trans or, you know, all these other identities, but like there's always going to be something unique and atypical in society about that. And we like to come together with people that are like us, same reason there's religion or same people people get together for sports to like watch a football game we're all doing this thing together so i think in an ideal world we will have all these spaces and we will yeah what if we came together for joy and community instead of for fear and respite (laughs) like uh, yeah I think, I think there's both going on in there. I don't think it's all one. And, and uh, it's just, I wish the scales tipped all the way towards, Hey, this is a community of other people that are like me. And it's interesting. I, I I was, I was, I did a little bit of like looking up, like, why do we need queer spaces? Just reading kind of what people said. and, And so many of the things I expected to look up and find like more of this kind of data. Like we need we need queer spaces because your ex more likely to or blah, blah, blah. But it was almost sad how many people were just like, I want a queer space because I want to just breathe easier for a second. I want to yeah. go to a place where I am actively and loudly being celebrated. I want a queer space because microaggressions just uh, are just constant and daily. And I get to not have to deal with that. It, it was th- th- it so many of people talking about why they needed queer spaces were just and i i've talked about it too like i'm so often especially after the pandemic reminded i go into like a gay bar and i'm just like there's just a weight off my shoulder that i kind of forget is there all day every day that's just like oh god this is so nice just to like take a break and a breath
0: okay also I've been doing the local gay bar review because mm-hmm. I'm traveling a fucking fuck ton. And I'm in all of these random ass places. A single alone gay person in a queer space is a great way to feel ignored and invisible. Ooh. Right? Like it's, it's not yeah. like it's this magical heartwarming big hug. Let's hold hands and traipse through the street <laughs> doing a musical <laughs> number together. It's the kind of an environment. It's just not. Yeah. So is actually doing that? Hmm. I can't imagine. Like, I'm not perfectly outgoing. I'm not a like a hurricane of social energy. But I know that I'm above average in that. Like, my like talk to strangers and and just be brave and inject myself into conversations. I'm 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 above average in that. And it's still a struggle to fit in and meet people and make friends and not be alone in a queer space in a strange city. I can only imagine for somebody who was less less skilled than i how isolating and uh, alone and miserable it might be to be there yeah um i don't are we are we are we romanticizing this queer space that exists as this beautiful valhalla <laughs> that like isn't actually true
1: yeah no that's a great point and and i especially Notice that and think. to I don't always do something, but I think to this to myself when I'm there with friends and I see someone else sitting alone. Is like, man, you took the risk. You're going there, and I, like, I personally, I'm like, I don't want to talk. Like, my goal is not go out and talk to randos because they're sitting alone. But like, that's my goal. Like, I wanted to come hang out with my friends. So, how much like do I like? How much do I owe it to other people to go and talk to them and say hi? Also, if I do that. Am I opening myself up to now like look like I uh, can you do that and, and make it clear? It's a a friendship. I'm just saying hi. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're right that there are still challenges that it is not. You walk in and every fear is alleviated. Also, it takes away a big a big part of some tears yeah, yeah, yeah. like i walk alone other times and feel uncomfortable so at least i don't have the gay part <laughs> break yeah. down so yeah, yeah. It,
0: it, it it beats it beats it beats being alone and invisible at a straight bar that's for goddamn sure <laughs> so like i'm yeah. with you there
1: no and, and you're right like because of the issues that like racism within the gay community there's part of it that you know we can talk about walking in and being like oh it's such a relief uh, you know people with disabilities like yeah that they may not get that same kind of full relief that we, that we kind of get of like, Oh cool. I can now just be myself. And it's like, well, if you're black, can you just right. totally expect mm-hmm. to have all of those fears lifted? And maybe not. So God, queer spaces is also not only are they dwindling, but like they, they need to get better and be, and be more welcoming. And wow. It's interesting. I just, you're right. That like thinking about just the single, let's just pretend single cis white gay man, Walking in are you gonna
0: talk about my weekend? Yeah, I guess uh, (laughs) so. Uh
1: yeah, like walking in alone to a gay bar is like that's a that's a hard thing. Maybe and and that's why we drink. (laughs) That's why there's alcohol there, I think. I yeah, to get the courage to yeah. 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 Well, if you want to (laughs) if you want to join a queer space.
0: All right. So I know I know i know they're sponsoring the episode and that makes it weird and like uh, just to be super transparent I, I i realize that that's part of why i'm asking but i'm genuinely interested i have an android device i can't be in queer i can't be in hornet spaces i don't know what the gayish space is like Wh- what's what's it like what's going on there what like
1: oh it's it's cool fun okay no, vibrant. Shut, it's young sh- it's
0: shut your fucking mouth kyle <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: okay we uh, gayish is one of the big Spaces in it. I, I found another space that's bigger. It's like a bear community. And I was like, great. Those bears, they yeah. always need to one up us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Especially people talking about episodes. I post that when it comes out. We've been having recent conversations, especially about like uh, queer as folk and, and cinema and representation and. Yeah. I don't know. There are hundreds of people in there and I don't know. There's also a lot of different like uh, other podcasts, you know, they've been, they've been working closely with podcasts. There are a bunch of other podcasts. I think another one of the biggest ones is the MCU, the the Marvel universe. Like there, there are like the queer, the queer version of almost anything, not just like this gay ass podcast. So Mm -hmm. uh, it is, it is kind of nice to uh, to, to find other spaces that are like, we 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 get that we're queer. We don't need to do we're like but we're all now queer people talking about this other interest that we have. So, I don't know. Hmm. Why don't why don't you listener join in and find out? I don't know how to how to do the artful uh bridge between talking about it and not doing a ad read right now. You but. did it. Oh, cool. Okay.
0: <laughs> did we do it?
1: Uh, you know, I I have a lot more to I yeah. What? No, oh, I don't know. I don't know well, I'm, I'm feeling weird about this episode So I don't, I don't know.
0: Oh okay well you know You feel weird about every episode Let's
1: well <laughs> okay.
0: Do you want to take a break? Let's take a break and go to the Queer space that is my, my bathroom
1: <laughs> This is the part where Mike and Kyle Take a break
0: So are we back?
1: Oh, we're back we're back (laughs) definitely ready face at the mic um we are gonna do our gayest straightest we're gonna do a. we're gonna do our gayest
0: straightest but first tonight happy hour for pride thursday june the 20 something third thursday june the 23rd at 6 p.m pacific we are having our pride happy hour there is a link on our facebook page and it'll be on all of our socials it's on zoom come come hang out spell come
1: yep everyone every we we do have quarterly patreon happy hours but this is for everyone anyone um uh, invite your friends pride is often seen as being in a bar or being in a physical place i thought you were gonna say harness being in a harness (laughs) (laughs) i mean wouldn't be wrong um and it doesn't have to be there's plenty we can do from home and this is one of the ways that you can hang out and celebrate pride and, and be gay together
0: yeah come do it um also our website is gayishpodcast.com.
1: our socials on 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 the horrible places
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> all the places you should not be you too.
1: Uh, at ish podcast or dot com slash gayish podcast
0: our hotline you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855 gayish that's five eight five five four two nine four seven four. standard rates apply
1: our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com.
0: And our physical mailing address is post office box one nine eight eight two, Seattle, Washington nine eight one oh nine.
1: And join our uh, spaces on spaces by downloading spaces and go to the gayish, gayish spaces. It's spaces. Did we hit our? they didn't give us uh, spaces? It's yeah, spaces. Get spaces, spaces, spaces
0: great yeah that like at like 25 30 cents a piece you're doing real good yeah. for us to like, <laughs> like say all those um i'm okay before we do our guest astrayist i'm gonna do the local gay bar review um so i've been doing all of this traveling and i've committed to going to at least one gay bar in all of these places and just talking about them briefly and i was in atlanta georgia all week
1: Ooh.
0: and uh okay kyle okay how do i feel about go boys
1: you love them and giving them money and touching them and talking to them.
0: Yeah. And that makes that makes you uncomfortable. But I love it. Mm-hmm. So apparently there was a bar called Swinging Richards in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> that was a full frontal nudity strip club oh. go-go-boy bar. And it has unfortunately closed. It did not survive COVID. The only one that I could find that was open that seemed even roughly similar was called, and I'm not making this up, BJ Rooster's. uh i went to bj roosters in atlanta georgia and i i i had i had
1: bj roosters (laughs) i can't Uh, you know what sometimes you just gotta go for it okay
0: (laughs) i had a glorious time and i went there not once not twice but three times (laughs) um yeah uh so i first went there on tuesday night and on tuesday night the go go boys outnumber the patrons there were like oh,
1: <laughs>
0: there, there, there were like 7 or 8 go go boys and there were like 6 of us at the bar drinking and it was it was it was great, and I was like, okay, so it's a Tuesday, but it's like it's as seedy as you would expect. It's super dark. There's a massive ass bar, and there's like one go-go boy on the bar that may or may not be on his phone instead of dancing. <laughs> like it is, it is that kind of joint. The ATM charges like eight bucks to get cash out. You know that kind of thing is happening. <laughs> and um, okay, but then I went back on Wednesday, and I had. I had to work all week so like I couldn't I couldn't the bars don't close in Atlanta until three which is fucking ridiculous Ooh. if you ask me um but uh, and the dancing starts at nine I went on on Wednesday and uh started hanging out with a go-go boy named Atlas he was a uh, adorable
1: was he indifferent did he shrug
0: yeah he had a Anne Rand tattoo which is weird because yeah. like <laughs> not attractive anyway <laughs> he t- he asked me if i wanted to go to the vip room and i'm like nothing happens in the vip room it, it, and i was like okay how how much is that he's like 20 dollars for a lap dance i was like i have a 20 dollar bill sure <laughs> like you have this and like he like is he gave me a lap dance and then like full on like starts making out with me and i'm like i'm pretty sure that that's not a requirement like maybe you're just into this and that was very interesting so i was having an existential crisis about like this go-go boy made out with me but Mm -hmm. i i I was like i I need to go i need to i need to go home i have to work in the morning it's like midnight this has been lovely goodbye (laughs) then i went back on thursday and i met i think his name was starling was his go-go boy name yeah okay same basic thing of like hey let's go to the vip room after hanging out and talking and like i picked him and blah 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 and uh starts making out with me and then he's like he said so here's the consent moment can i get rough with you Mm. i was like okay he like pushes me against the wall and fucking bites me
1: he bit me Wow!
0: Like I already showed you, I don't know why I'm moving the mic. This is not being on video recorded. Like, <laughs> but like I, have, you can see individual teeth marks. There's like six marks of like the spaces between his teeth on my neck. He fucking bit me, and so I got bit by a gogo boy. And now everybody on Discord is like, "You're going to turn into a weird stripper," and I'm like, "That, <laughs> th- like that would, that would be
1: great." <laughs> oh my god! If that's not a Twilight spinoff, um, did you? was that actual consent did you actually feel like you consented to that
0: if i knew that there was going to be physical evidence on my body of doing this especially when i'm dating somebody yeah yeah no probably not and yeah
1: yeah there's a lot saying rough can i get rough there's there's a lot i don't know that that gives blanket anything Mm. that i do from now on is yeah that's a lot Yeah. yeah 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 wow starling yeah
0: Big old dick, so that's a you know, bonus <laughs> for that.
1: <laughs> and then his dick bit me, too. Okay.
0: That Anyway, that's it. Local Bar Review, BJ Roosters. Uh, if you are like me and you like just seedy as fuck, give cash to people and make magic happen. It is a good, good place to go. Enjoy. You a,
1: what's your score? Is there a score uh, you're giving it?
0: I give it four and a half dildos.
1: you're gonna give it like six tooth marks
0: (laughs) (laughs) right here right there right (laughs) uh let's do our gayest straightest
1: great i will go my gayest is my late night browsing recently has been very gay i started listening to glee songs on youtube i had to research how much each of the kardashians net worth is oh Um, nice I've, i've been going down some gay rabbit holes at night yeah My straightest is I've been trying to uh, change from doing like the artificial sweetener kind of thing. So I used to get like vanilla flavored creamer to just like half and half and going from like something like vanilla and sweet and tasty to like just the the basic bland is is my straight.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. There is something like less vanilla makes it straighter. You're you're correct about that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: What about you? Well you, so, you think I think you told me a lot of gay things that you've been up to.
0: Yeah. The gayest thing about me this week though, at least the one that I wrote down, was uh <laughs> on my way back to BJ Roosters on Thursday, I got an Uber mm-hmm. and I got in and the Uber driver was like, Where are you headed tonight? And I was like, you know, to the, the place you're taking me. To <laughs> the
1: destination and, mentioned
0: <laughs> in the map. But then he he was like, Oh yeah, what kind of a place is it? And I like hemmed and hawed a little bit and then finally I just kinda like stopped. I said, Okay, so I'm gay. And and it's a it's a strip club. Like, but before I could get out the it's a strip club, I, I said, I'm gay and he goes, Well I got that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks uber (laughs) driver that's hilarious (laughs) yeah uh yeah so just too too gay to not be recognized by the uber driver and the straightest thing about me this week was uh the next day i took an uber downtown so that i could go visit the state capital and i had a full conversation about his dodge charger that we were riding around in i was like how do you like your dodge what's the like what's the motor in it like i don't know anyway
1: (laughs) what's the motor in it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah uh, the Do- the uh, the Dodge Charger talk very straight.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, I have a listener one from Spaces. Uh, I grabbed the uh, straightest online shopping hauls during quarantine. Uh, her gayest was exclusively shopping in the men's or androgynous sections.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: So we'll make one last plug spaces has been one of our, our biggest supporters and sponsors now. So we really appreciate them, especially as independent queer creators. Um, It it really helps us to get that kind of support. So uh, join us by downloading, uh, go to search on your iPhone for queer spaces or Hornet spaces, download the app and join the gayish space.
0: Yeah, do it. And a thank you to Margaret clapp. For running that Molly house
1: in Mama the early claps. 1700s. Damn, yeah. Uh, and thank you to the following modern day Mama Claps, I will say yep. uh, our super cat bridgers, Stephen Porch. Hi, Stephen. Hey, girl uh yo Stossel boy i almost forgot uh, um harry shaw josh copeland Forrest snell patrick martin anonymous james barrow steve Douglas, explosive Designer, christopher Farrell, just jamie kevin henderson tips and donald linsky thomas b dusty sansey coleman chris cacciatorian jerome york and steven and javi thank you for your support we love you we appreciate you we care about you
0: yeah thank you that's it this has been Gage from the chris ketchatorian studios i'm mike johnson
1: i'm kyle Getz. until next week be butch be fabulous be you see you bye see you bye Facebook has done things where they, they put in a update or feature that helped people that improved people's experience, made their lives better and then decided to stop doing it because it limited their numbers and their revenue. These businesses have no need to, uh, their goal is to make money. That is their number one goal. And I think what glad is doing a good job of is putting the pressure on their long-term revenue is at risk if enough people get angry about this and start boycotting and calling them to change and leave the platform and all that stuff. So it's yeah, still going to yeah. be about revenue at the end of the day, Yeah, but yeah. it's going to be that long-term revenue that, that will help encourage them to change and improve.
0: Adam Smith's invisible hand, Kyle. You're like pro-capitalism now, apparently me yeah (laughs) oh i'm
1: not pro i'm i'm stating what capitalism is i'm just defining their goals like that is their entire intent no conservatives are the ones that hate capitalism because whenever the gas prices go up they're like what why and it's like bro literally capitalism (laughs) yeah no one wants to work anymore no capitalism no one raise your weight raise how much you pay people like yeah for for people that love capitalism again just like everything they hate the they hate it when it doesn't work for them
0: right yep um selfish pricks okay
1: yeah Sorry. fuck you